This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Re'eh, God's Children. Generally, our relationship with God is framed in the Torah as historical and covenantal. God built a relationship with our ancestors, and God took them out of Egypt. Therefore, we are loyal to him. In this week's parasha, instead of speaking about his relationship with our parents, God says to us that he is our parent. You are children of Hashem your God. Do not cut yourselves up and do not create a baldness in between your eyes for the dead. For you are a holy nation to Hashem your God. And God has chosen you to be his treasured nation from among all of the other peoples upon the face of the earth. In contrast to the mourning or funerary practices of the surrounding people at the time, B'nai Israel are forbidden from performing any bodily mortification as a response to the loss of a loved one. What is new and significant in this teaching is the explanation that the reason we should not abuse or disfigure our bodies is rooted in God's considering us his children. But what does it mean to be a child of God? What does that mean to God, and what should that mean for us? According to Rashi, the significance of God's considering us his children is that what we do reflects on him. We need to treat our bodies with a certain amount of and kind of respect, because doing otherwise does not befit us. Lotis go to do, do not cut yourselves up. Because you are the children of the omnipresent, and you should look nice, not cut up or shaven. According to Rashi, the significance of our being God's children is that we need to look the part. We need to look like we are being well taken care of. It may seem odd for God, who knows us better than we know ourselves, to insist on our being well-kempt and healthy-looking. However, according to Rabbi Yochanan, this concern is deeper than it seems. It is also more superficial, in that Rabbi Yochanan extends the prohibition on unkempt appearances to one's clothing. But the rationale that he provides for this prohibition gives us insight into why it matters so much to God that we look nice. Ve'amar Rabbi Chia bar Abba amar Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Chia, son of Abba, said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Any sage who finds a greasy stain on his clothing is liable for death. As it says, all those who hate me love death. Do not read those who hate me, misani, but rather those who cause me to be hated, masni'i. Rabbi Yochanan insists with the strongest possible language that a Torah scholar may not walk around with a stain on his clothes. The stridency of his statement grows stronger and clearer from his proof text, which calls a particularly disheveled Torah scholar who walks around in stained clothing a person who causes God to be hated. Significantly, Rabbi Yochanan's reading of the verse is not about God hating the Torah scholar, but people coming to hate God because of the Torah scholar's way of being in the world, 
Something about her clothing and the lack of care she takes with her appearance drives people away from God. The explanation for this is quite intuitive. The reason why we dress appropriately to go out in public or dress up for significant occasions is because we care about other people and their impressions of us. We naturally demonstrate that a person or an occasion has significance by dressing up for them. When you show up to an interview with a hole in your shirt, you are implying that you don't care about the job. When you show up to a date or a special occasion unwashed and improperly dressed, it implies that you don't care about the person you are meeting or the significance of the event. Perhaps this shouldn't be the case, but Rabbi Yochanan's proof text reflects that this is the case. Therefore, when a Torah scholar is out in public in total disarray, people get the impression that not only does the Torah scholar not care about his own appearance, but that he also doesn't care about or respect them. The unkemptness of the Torah scholar shows his contempt for people. When he doesn't care to look nice, he's communicating that he thinks of himself as above the people since he does not care about what they think. And what a Torah scholar does reflects on God. When a person is seen as God's representative and they act in a disparaging way towards other people, those people perceive that scorn as coming directly or indirectly from God. This dynamic is not because God's values are superficial, but because our values are superficial. We look down on people who are not well-dressed. We think that someone who looks cut up does not deserve the same regard as someone whose body looks the way we think it should. Yet, instead of rejecting these values, God understands and works with them. God cares about what we think about each other because God cares about us. Within the framework of human values, a child of God needs to look nice, and a scholar of God's Torah needs to tuck in their shirt. Insofar as a child reflects their parent, God wants us to reflect well on him. The opposite of Rabbi Yochanan's unsuccessful scholar who causes people to hate God is the regular person who is able to sanctify God's name and cause God to be beloved. Abai Amar Kiditanya, via hafta et Adonai Elohecha. Ploni Abaye said, Sanctification of God's name is as it is taught. You shall love Hashem, your God, that the name of heaven will become beloved by your actions, that you should read the written Torah and study the oral Torah and serve Torah scholars, and his interactions with people should be pleasant. And if so, what will people say about him? Praiseworthy is his father who taught him Torah. Praiseworthy is his teacher who taught him Torah. Woe unto the people who have not learned Torah. This one who has learned Torah, see how nice his ways are and how proper are his actions. About him the verse says, He said to me, You are my servant in whom I take pride. A person who is known to have studied Torah reflects on God whether or not they choose to. And what is observed in the person who studies Torah is not whether or not that person is knowledgeable or even wise and sagacious. 
What people are impressed by is whether or not the person who is educated by God's teachings behaves in a way that is good and in a way that is considered refined. When people see that the person who studies Torah is someone they feel that they can respect, that God himself is beloved, God also takes pride in this person, deriving nachas, as it were. The strong identification that God feels with our behavior and even our bodies themselves is tied to funerary practices in our parasha, but is elsewhere reflected in the obligation for prompt burial. We learn this obligation from the prohibition against leaving the corpse of a person who has suffered capital punishment exposed, because doing so is a disgrace to God. Rashi explains that this disgrace to God is connected to our status as God's children. Ki kelalat Elohim taloi. For a hanged corpse is a disgrace to God. Zilzulo shamalachu. Shadam asoi bidmut diokno. Vyisrael heim banav. Mashal lishne achim teomim. Shahayu domim zelaza. Echad na ase melech. Vyachad nit pasalistiut vinitla. Kol haroel ta omer hamelech taloi. For a hanged corpse is a disgrace to God. It is a disparagement of the king since a human being is made in the image of his visage, and the people of Israel are his children. It is analogous to two twin brothers, who were similar to one another in appearance. One was made the king, and the other was caught in banditry and was hanged. Anyone who saw the brother would say that it was the king who was hanged. The story of the bandit and the king is adapted by Rashi from a statement of Rabbi Meir in the Tosefta on Sanhedrin. According to Rabbi Meir's analogy, the human body is so similar to the body of the divine that when anything disgraceful happens to the human body, God feels that pain as God's own. Rashi's comment adds to Rabbi Meir's familial imagery of brothers. In the original parable, we are like God's twin. What is significant is that we look like God and passersby can't distinguish between us. But in reality, according to Rashi's extension, God considers us his children, and God doesn't distinguish between his body and ours. Our bodies are an extension of his. The bodily identification that God feels is rooted not only in the likeness, in appearance between two brothers, but also in a strong investment in the body of the child that a parent has. God would feel this connection even to a body that did not resemble his own. As God's children, we are not only a reflection of God, we are an extension of God. In the Mishnah Sanhedrin that discusses the hanging of criminals, Rabbi Meir extends the imagery of God's deep identification with our bodies. Amar Rabbi Meir, B'Sha'ash Adam Metzta'er, Mahalashon Omeret, Kalani Meiroshi, Kalani Mizroi. Imkein hamakom metzta'er al damam shal rishaim shenishpach, Kalvachomer al daman shal tzadikim, Velozo bilvad, Elakol hamelin et meto over below tase. Rabbi Meir said, When a person is suffering, what does God say, as it were? It pains me, Kalani, from my head. It pains me from my arm. If this is how the omnipresence suffers on account of the justified, spilled blood of the wicked, how much more so on the unjustified, spilled blood of the righteous. And not only that, but anyone who lets the body they are responsible for lie out violates a prohibition.
In Rabbi Meir's imagining, God's identification with our bodies is not merely abstract or relational. God actually feels whatever happens in our human bodies. More significantly, God's identification is not affected by our goodness or righteousness. God's investment as a parent is unconditional and is felt whether we are criminals or religious martyrs. As Rabbi Meir argues in the Midrash Halacha, in the verse saying, you are children to Hashem, your God, Banim atem ladonai Elohechem. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Im nohagim atem minhag banim, hare atem banim. Ve'im lav, iatem banim. Rabbi Meir Omer, Benkach ubenkach banim atem ladonai Elohechem. You are children to Hashem, your God. Rabbi Yehuda says, if you act like children should act, then you are children. And if not, you are not children. Rabbi Meir says, regardless of behavior, you are children. Banim atem vadunai Elohechem. You are children to Hashem, your God. Rabbi Yehuda views being considered God's child as a privilege. According to him, people want to be associated with God in such a close way as to be considered God's children. And we can achieve this level of closeness if and only if we become worthy of such an association. However, Rabbi Meir replies that being considered God's child is a status that is inherent, not earned. And his proof for this is merely to restate the verse. You are children. Because that is what it means to be someone's child. It is an inherently inviolable and inescapable state. You do not need to work hard to become the child of your parent. On the contrary, no matter how hard you work, you cannot sever that tie. And though real-life parent-child relationships rarely hew to this ideal, when the Torah uses the imagery of a parent to talk about how God relates to us and how we relate to God, we can understand what the ideal form of this relationship could look like. When we understand that God's love for and relationship with us is unconditional and irrevocable, then we serve God out of a desire for that relationship to be whole, loving, and mutually beneficial. The fear we may feel about disobeying God is not about punishment or retribution. It is a more serious, fundamental, relational fear. We aren't afraid that God will hurt us. We are afraid that we will hurt Him. We are afraid that God might be disappointed in us, disgraced by us, might feel pained by the fact that we, his children, do not show the proper appreciation. This is parallel to the way that the Torah speaks about our obligations to our parents. The Torah's primary commandments regarding our parents are to respect, honor, and fear them, not to slavishly obey them. This type of relationship with God is much higher stakes than even the covenantal framework in some ways. In a covenant, one party can choose to depart and the covenant will dissolve. That dissolution can be painful and scarring, but it is possible to walk away from and to abandon that relationship and those responsibilities. The parent-child relationship with God has no escape clause. We can never feel that we are not responsible to be loving and devoted to God and can't abandon God when we feel that God is not sufficiently loving and devoted to us. Because the bond is inviolable, the only option is to work on the relationship. 
Sometimes this relationship might feel grounding and supportive, and sometimes this relationship might feel suffocating and unfair. We may want to get a rebellious tattoo or try to cut ourselves off from God by modifying our body in a manner contrary to God's will, and we may do so physically, but it will have no lasting spiritual effect. Ultimately, we will be unsuccessful because we will always be God's people and He will always be our God. Wishing you a Shabbat as family. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.